If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter number 3, and, and I believe verse number 8 is where we're going to start our reading. So if you'll be finding your place there. Uh, Brother Cecil already said this morning that tentatively, uh, you know, our plan is to go back to one service on Sunday morning in June and maybe pick Wednesday nights back up. So just be in prayer about that. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 8, if you're there, please stand, honor the reading of God's word. And the Bible says this, if you're there, say amen. amen. The Apostle Paul writing the Ephesian church, he says in verse 8, he says, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from... The beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. To the intent that now unto principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Again, verse 11, turn your attention to that one more time. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, thank you for the opportunity once again to stand and proclaim your word. Lord, it never fails uh, to just, just put me in a state of awe that you called me. God, to proclaim your word. And God, I just ask that, that as the word goes out this morning, God, that you would deal with people. And Lord, that the word would go out in a, in a clear fashion, Lord, that people would understand what your Bible says. God, not what I say, but God, what you say. Lord, I just pray that you would use me as your vessel. God, give me clarity of mind, clarity of speech to preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As I studied this sermon out, I, I guess the thing that struck me in this the most besides the actual text we're going to preach this morning is what Paul said in verse number 8. And, and this just, this just kind of made me scratch my head. He said this, he says, unto me, when the apostle Paul referring to himself, he says this, he says, who am less than the least of all saints. Now, what does the Bible say that, that God looks at people? It says he's no respecter of persons. Amen. The Bible says that, that, that he doesn't look at, at Brother Tanner and Brother Mason and, and see how they measure up to each other. He doesn't see how, you know, they stand. And We're measured not by each other's standard, but by the measure of Jesus Christ. But Paul here seems to differentiate. He said, he said, if there is a least saint, he said, if there is somebody who is the least of saints, he says, I'm less than them. Now, that blows my mind for the simple fact that Paul was probably one of the greatest missionaries to ever live. He was a man that, that preached to thousands of people, and he started church after church after church, and he trained Timothy, and, and he did all these great things, and Barnabas and Silas and these men went with him, and he had all these accolades and all these great things, and you know what he said? He said, I'm the least of all saints. He said, I'm less than that. 
But then he goes on to say he doesn't stop there. He could have just said, I'm the least of saints and then stop. But he says, no. He said, this is this grace given. He said, that I should preach unto the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now I want you to understand this morning that, that when, when this whole thing kicked off, that, that when God gave us the Old Testament, gave the Jewish law in Exodus, that it was meant for Jews. It was meant for people that, that descended from Abraham. So unless you descended from Abraham, unless you had a tribe attached to the end of your name, then, then you had to become a Jew in order to even, to even become in God's family. But when Jesus died on the cross, that all changed. And Paul said that he became a preacher to the Gentiles. That he could go and he could proclaim God's word to those people that were not of, the, of a Jewish faith, that were not de descended from Abraham, but that anybody at that point could become a believer in Jesus Christ. And Paul said that grace was given to him. And then he continues in verse number 9. He says, and, and I'm preaching this so that I can make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Christ Jesus. Now Paul talks about a mystery. What mystery is he talking about? It's not an unsolved mystery. We know the mystery now. We know what's going on. See, this mystery that he is referring to is this, that in the Mosaic Law, that in the Old Testament, they didn't know exactly what God's plan was. They didn't know that Jesus was coming to die for sins. All they knew is that if they sinned, that they had to take a lamb or some doves or a calf or whatever the sin was, and they had to carry it down to the temple and they had to sacrifice it. They didn't know for sure that Jesus was to come and be the sacrifice for all sins. They weren't aware of that. That was a mystery to them. God prophesied it several times in, in several different books, but it was a mystery. But now the mystery's been solved, and we know exactly what God's plan is for people. It is that they can be in fellowship with God. And it says in verse 10, and I'm getting to the message in just a moment. It says, To the intent now unto principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. So he says this, how is the message going to be spread? Well, it's going to be spread by the church and by the people. In verse 11, here's our text. This is talking about Jesus. It says, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now that text right there has the word that I'm going to preach on this morning. It has the word purpose in it. I'm going to preach about purpose this morning. What is a purpose? Well, a purpose is for something. It's a reason why something was created or a reason why something was made. And if I were to, to bring even one of the smallest children in here that, that's heard about Jesus and I stood them in front of the crowd and I said, why would, did Jesus come to this earth? What was Jesus' purpose? Hopefully they would understand. I mean, it's so elementary and so easy to understand that Jesus came to this earth for one purpose. And you know what that purpose was? To shed His blood on the cross for you and I. That was His purpose. That was why Jesus came to this earth. Sure, he did miracles. Absolutely he did. But he didn't come just to do miracles. He didn't just come to, to open eyes and, and strengthen legs and all the things that he did. No, he came to be the once and all, for all sacrifice for your sin. 
That's why Jesus came. Jesus came with a purpose. And did you know this? That Jesus came with a purpose and that you also have a purpose. Now I'm going to give you an illustration. Is that okay? And, and some of y'all, some of the folks in the first service couldn't see this, but I have in my hand, what is that? Somebody tell me what that is. Can you see that, Brother Ed? you know what that is? Looks like a key, don't it? It is. Amen, brother. You get some bonus points there. He, he's good. This right here is a key. It's, it's just, it, I mean, how many of you have one of these? Raise your hand. I mean, everybody's got one, right? In fact, I, I, it came to me, and I was thinking about it in the first service. You know, you go to your back door, your, your garage door, wherever, and you got a key ring. Most of us have one, right? And you got about five key rings hanging there, and about 16 keys, you have no idea what they do. I mean, everybody's got those. You just, you just deal with it, and, and, you know, eventually you get tired of it, and you just throw the whole ring away and, and say that we've had these since the 80s, and we're going to get rid of them. But when I go to the back door, and, and I'm about to go somewhere, I can go, and I can find that, and there's two of them hanging there. And I can pick that up, and I know exactly what the purpose of this key is. Now, these days, people have little fobs, you know, you just put it in your pocket and press the button. But I, I, I don't know, I like a key pretty well. Because I know that when I put this in the ignition of my truck and do this number right here, that most of the time, unless I'm driving a Ford, my truck will start. Amen? And this key has one purpose. And that is to start my truck. And when this, when this starts my truck, then I can put that truck and drive and I can come to church or I can go across the road or I can go across the country. I can go just about anywhere just simply because this key fulfills its purpose. And it does a good job. Uh, it, but how many of you think about that? I mean, you just walk in the door, you throw them down on the table, throw them on the counter, hang them up, whatever. But I mean, really, how many of us would be stuck at home if we didn't have these things right here? We'd be thumbing rides, wouldn't we? And then I thought about, well, what about the other purposes that this key may have? You know, this key, believe it or not, it can do other things besides just start my truck. And I was, I was talking to a preacher friend of mine, and we were discussing it. And I was giving him, giving him this illustration, and, and I said, what all can you do with a key, brother? And he says, I'll tell you what I do. He said, when Amazon sends me a package... He says, I get, that, I get my keys out. He said, because they're always with me. He said, I start digging on that box. And I don't know, Amazon uses the toughest tape in the world, I think. And you start digging with that key, and, and you can open a package with it, can't you? You can. But is that what this is meant for? No. And it don't do a very good job. Because I tell you, I get about halfway through the box, I get frustrated, I throw the key down, I go get a knife, and I open it how it was intended to be open. And then he said, well, you know, you could use this key as a screwdriver. I mean, in a pinch, if, if, you had to, if you didn't have any other keys, you could take this key and you could put it in a, the top of a screw and you could sit there and, and mess with it and you might could open something with this. And then Brother Jim uh, came up to me after the first service, Jim Maddox, and he said, well, I've opened cans of paint with it. I said, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could do that. But the thing about it is, if you use this key for anything besides what it was intended for, you can damage it. And when you damage it, guess what? It's not going to carry out its intended purpose. And then this happened. I said, well, what else do you use a key for? He says, well, I use my key for a Q-tip. <laughs> I said, what? 
He said, yeah, he said, I use it for a Q-tip. And I said, well, we're not going to talk about that. I said, you just, and I said, that's about the most ill-intentioned purpose for a key I've ever heard, using it for a Q-tip. I mean, that right there is made to start a truck. And this key can do a lot of things, but it has a purpose. See, when, when this key was manufactured, it was manufactured for one purpose and one purpose only. That's to start my truck and shut it off. And that's why it's here. It's not, it, it's not really good for anything else, it, and it, it's not going to do what it's supposed to do. It will not fulfill its purpose if it's opening a box, opening a can of paint, or Lord forbid, being used as a Q-tip. And, and I think what we've run into with people is, is the same thing, is that you have an exact purpose. When God created you, and by the way, you were created, amen, you were created. We have people that, that will teach these days that we're all here by accident. You know, uh, you open a science book, and, and back when I was in school, uh, it's been, I don't know what's today's date, about 15 years ago, I guess, uh, when I was in high school, and, and I would open a science book, and they would teach us that billions of years ago that enough matter got stirred up in the universe and that, that it created enough electrical signals, and some of you are smarter than me and can explain it, that, that suddenly out of that a big bang happened. And that, that some, some primordial soup was, was created on a rock, and that, that out of that soup came a cell, then came a frog, then came a fish, then came a monkey, and then came a man. And here we are. We're sitting here this morning, and guess what? People say, what? that's just an accident. That's hogwash. Does everybody know what hogwash is here in Cookville? <laughs> that might be a Sparta word. I don't know. But let me tell you, you're not here by accident. It's not that, that something happened and, and just some stars lined up or the planets aligned and, and just, you know, one day you just happened to show up. No, you're created. And you're created for a reason. And, and, and the thing about that is, just as that key was created for a reason, if you're doing anything but what you were created for, and if you're doing anything besides what your purpose is in life, then you're not fulfilling your purpose. See, a lot of people should be uh, starting cars, and instead they're trying to open a can of paint. Or they're trying to back out a screw, or they're trying to open a box, or whatever. And sure, you can do it, but you're not fulfilled in that purpose. So the, the question is, is not whether or not you have a purpose, it's what is your purpose. Because everybody has a purpose. You can go anywhere in the Word of God, and you can find a number of people. And it took them a while. Did you know that it took Moses 80 years to figure out what his purpose was in life? If you go to the book of Exodus, you can find early in the book of Exodus that Moses, we all know the story, was, was raised in, 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 I want to say Caesar's house, but it was Pharaoh's house. And at 40 years old, that he saw somebody abusing one of his Hebrew brothers, and he killed him. And then he went in the desert for 40 more years, and he tended to sheep. And, and here at 80 years old, Moses goes on the backside of the desert, and God says, hey, you got to leave my people out. God said, now, now you've, you've done a good job being in Pharaoh's house and you did all right with them sheep, but your purpose is that you've got to go to Pharaoh and you've got to say, let my people go. And you've got to lead them through the wilderness and you've got to do these things. Moses wasn't fulfilled in the sheep field. He wasn't fulfilled in Pharaoh's house. 
Sure, he could have had a great impact. He could have, you know, he could have been on the side of God's people and tried to get them out of slavery that way, but that was not his purpose. What would you think if the story would have took a different turn if Moses would have said, well, God, I can't do it. Wait a minute, he did say that, didn't he? Moses started giving God excuses as to why he couldn't lead God's people out. He said, he said God, you know that I'm slow of speech, is what he told God. He said, I'm not eloquent. He said, I, I'm not a good orator. He said, I don't know exactly what I would say. And God said, you know what, I've already got that covered. Your brother Aaron's got a purpose too, and he's going to speak on your behalf. And from the time that Moses was born and the time that he was put into that little ark of made, made of bulrushes and he was put into the Nile River, guess what? God had a purpose for that man and he fulfilled it. We can read about it today. But I want you to understand this, that when Moses was born, guess what? He was born just like you were. He was born of a woman. He had a father. We don't know much about him. We hear a little bit about his mom. But Moses was just an ordinary man, but God used him. God had a purpose for his life. I don't know if you've ever uh, heard this, this phrase but, or, or this, maybe this cliche, but have you ever heard of, about people searching for purpose in life? You know, they'll say, what is the purpose of life? And they'll spend, they'll spend years and years and years and they'll spend money and they'll, they'll buy plane tickets and they'll go, they'll go to a Buddhist temple over in, in Nepal or wherever it is and they'll climb up the top of this big mountain and they'll say, no, we didn't find our purpose there. And, and they'll go somewhere else and they'll, they'll try to find purpose there and they'll, they'll do all these things. And at the end of the day, you know where you can find your purpose? Right here in the Word of God. You can go down to Walmart now, Walmart still sells Bibles. They're hard to find, but they're there. You can go to Walmart and buy a Bible and open that thing up, and God can show you what your purpose in life is. People have spent their entire life being unfulfilled, laying on their deathbed saying, I wish I, I would have done what God intended me to do. I wish that, that I could have fulfilled my purpose better. And then they have regrets. But I want to tell you today, whether you're 7 years old or whether you're 70 years old, that God has a purpose for your life. You may not know what it is. You may have to still find that out. And, and I can't honestly tell you what that is. I wish I had the answer. I wish I could just walk up and take you by the hand and look you in the eye and say, this is what you're supposed to do. But I don't know. That's not for me to know. I know what my purpose in life is. You know what that is? To preach the gospel. But I want to give you a little hint and give you a little nudge in the right direction, if I can, that your, your purpose in life is also to preach the gospel. It may not to be to preach it from a pulpit. It may not to be to stand on a street corner and preach the gospel. But, but hear me, that if, if you're here on this earth, and you are, if you're breathing this morning, your purpose is to spread the word of God. Your purpose is to go out and tell the world that Jesus died for their sins. Your purpose is to, to, to try to win as many people as you can to the Lord. That's your purpose. Did you know that? Can you say amen? Hey, you read the verses ahead of it, and Paul said that's what his purpose was. Paul said, now I'm, the, I'm less than the least of all saints. He said, but grace is given unto me that I should preach the, to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And that to tell the mystery and to say, hey... 
you have a purpose too. We, we live our lives every day as if it's just an accident. I don't know about you, but, but instead of people living for their purpose, it seems like most days we're just trying to make it through the day. You ever been in that situation where you get out of bed and, and you're dreading getting out of bed because you know that you've got a list about this long of stuff you've got to do that day and you've got to run here and you've got to run there and you've got to do this and you've got to do that and, and at the end of the day you're just exhausted and you haven't done anything to glorify God that day. All you've done is just, and just helped yourself and, and done what you could and you lay down in bed that day and guess what? You're unfulfilled because you didn't do your purpose for the day. You didn't complete your purpose. We don't live with intention, 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 what's the word, Tanner? With intention, there it is. Tanner's a smart guy, I tell you. He's going to be a doctor one of these days. We don't live with the intention of anything other than just to get rich and, and do what we can, and, and, and then we're just going to die and leave it to somebody else, and we're so unfulfilled. But God said, no, you have a purpose. Every day you wake up, you have an opportunity. Did you know that? When your feet hit the floor, you have an opportunity to glorify God. You have an opportunity that day to fulfill your purpose. And it, it may not be much. You may not think it's much. You know, you may not sing. You may not preach. You may not do all these outward things that a lot of people see, but I guarantee that you have a purpose. I mean, this key's got a purpose, don't it? We don't think about it, but hey, this is, I mean, this keeps me going. And, and your purpose may keep the church going. Your purpose may keep those around you going. Your purpose may just be to, to pray for folks or to do whatever, but hear me, you have a purpose. God didn't create you just to, just to live for a little while and then just die and that's the end of it. No, God created you for a reason. And so many people don't know. It took me a long time to figure out what I was supposed to do to preach the gospel. It took me until I was 25 years old. And that's only been eight years ago to figure out that my, my job was to go out and to preach the gospel from the pulpit. And, to, and to, to minister to people in that way, that may not be your job. And that's fine. Just because I stand up here doesn't make me anything. I feel like Paul most of the time when I walk into the pulpit. And in fact, I need to all the time when I walk into the pulpit. These two guys would agree with me that when I walk into this pulpit, I feel like that, that, that there should be many other people in front of me standing here. That it should be, that it should be somebody else. I feel like there's about four other preachers in this church that's a better preacher than me. I'll just be honest with you. But when the Word of God goes out, it goes out, and it goes out with a purpose. You may not, you may not be able to speak in front of people. I mean, some folks get up here, and, and they would just freeze up, and that's fine. But you're going to have an impact on somebody's life. Did you know that? It may be your children, it may be your spouse, it may be your grandchildren. But whatever it is, God has put you here to spread His gospel to somebody. And then I'll present you with this question. Why would you not want to fulfill your purpose? Why would you not want to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? Why would you not do that? Why would, why would you not want to fulfill what God has put you here to do? 
There's a lot of questions here today, right? If I ask you this question simply, do you know your purpose, could you answer me, yes, I know my purpose. You don't have to answer me, but let me tell you, you will answer God. You do answer to God. It doesn't matter if you're honest with me or not, but you're going to have to be honest with God. You're going to be honest with Him one day. So you're going to stand in front of Him. You're going to stand in front of Him in one of two places. Either the great white throne judgment, which is for lost people, or you'll stand in front of Him at the, at the judgment seat of Christ as a saved person. And you're going to give an account of your life. And I don't hate to stand there at the judgment seat of Christ and say, God, I was saved. Because I want you to understand this, that saved people, you can be saved, you can be on your way to heaven and not know what you're supposed to do. Did you know that? That's a strange thought, isn't it? To think that I got saved at 10 years old and it took me 15 years till I was 25 to start doing what God had called me to do with my life. It took me that long to figure it out. And some people, it may have been longer. Maybe you've been saved for 20, 30 years and you still have not found your purpose as a Christian. But God has one for you. But God has a purpose for lost people too. And that is to accept Him. If you're lost here this morning, you have but one mission in life. God only wants you to do one thing, and that is to accept Him as your Savior. It's that simple. Jesus came, and His purpose was to die on a cross. Your purpose is to live through Jesus Christ. Why would we not want to do that? I don't understand it, do you? But yet we, we live it, a lot of us, every single day. We get caught up in chaos and we get caught up in, in the things of this life and get entangled with the affairs that go on in this life. And we forget that, that our purpose is not only in, on this earth. But if you notice, it says according to the eternal purpose. See, our purpose doesn't just end when we die. It carries on. It carries on for eternity. Why? Because people's souls are at stake. Your soul could be at stake this morning and, and you could not be fulfilling your purpose simply because you, you haven't sought God out and you haven't accepted Him as your Savior. I think about the Apostle Paul when, when he was about to, to be executed in, in the book of 2 Timothy. He wrote, and he said, I have finished my course. And he said, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. He says, and, and not to me only, but to all those that love His appearing. Paul said, I had a purpose. Jesus had a purpose. And you have a purpose. You're not here by accident today. Did you know it was on purpose that God put you in this place? You think, well, I'm here every Sunday. Well, God put you on, here every Sunday on purpose. It's not an accident. God put you here for a reason. And if you're in this church and, and you're a member of this church, or maybe if you're not, maybe you just attend here, did you know that you're here and you're a vital part of the church, whether you think you are or not? Everybody has a role. Everybody has a purpose. Let's fulfill that purpose. Let's grow the church. I mean, churches are shutting down left and right right now due to this, this awful virus that we're facing. I get a, an email. Uh, I'm on an email list for a guy named Tom Rainer, and he's, he's a Southern Baptist, and and, uh, and it seems like every week he's saying, pray for the churches that are shutting down. 
you know, they couldn't handle it financially or their, their crowd couldn't come back or, or whatever the situation may be. And I can't help but think that maybe some churches are shutting down, not just because of the virus, but just shutting down in general. Why? Because they don't have any purpose anymore. They've lost it. They don't know what direction they are to go in. And individuals are the same way. If we can find our purpose in life, which is to glorify God, you just got to find your way to glorify God, then great things can be done. Brother Cecil, come get us a song. Father, we love you. God, and we thank you for your wonderful word. And God, I just pray that you would take this feeble effort, God, and that you would multiply it for your glory. And Lord, that, that people would search their hearts this morning. And God, that this message would resound in people. And they would understand, God, that, that time is drawing short. We don't have time to play games we don't have time to, to put you to the side. But God, right now, we need to be living like it's on purpose. That when we get out of bed and put our feet on the floor, God, that we have but one purpose, and that's to glorify you. Lord, to propagate your gospel to the world and to tell people that you came and you died for their sins and that they don't have to go to hell. Lord, thank you for that. God, I pray that you would forgive me, God, that if I live without purpose. God, I just pray that you would help folks to, to search that out, God, to get into your word and to be obedient to you. God, to put our pride aside and fulfill what you've got for us in life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Cecil. You would stand with saying, Jesus use me. Thank you for your time and attention.